You have tuned in to Authors Up here on ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. Your hosts are authors Ruth Griffin, Andrea L. Hines, and yours truly, Victoria Henderson Poole. We love what we do, and we know it is every author's desire to get their work to a greater audience. Authors Up is a forum for authors by authors those who are already published, and those who want to be, along with other writers and playwrights. Here, we provide an opportunity for their work to be showcased as we share our own, gain tips and tools, information and insight to not only enhance the writing process, but be able to just enjoy the journey. Those who are willing to put pen to paper will usually have a story they are willing to tell and they are invited to tell it right here. And if you are not a writer yet, no worries. We want you to be a part of our listening audience. So take notes if you like, send in your questions, or just feel free to comment on the candid conversation because it's time for Authors Up. Good evening, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Authors Up. You could be anywhere on a Sunday evening, but we are so glad that you decided that you're going to be here with us tonight. We have a special guest with us tonight, and I tell you, he has a wonderful, wonderful book, and we're going to talk to him about it, find out more about him, and and Victoria is going to give you some Famous, famous last words. We're not going to say what they are. We're not going to say what they are. <laughs> but if you've been listening to us, I think you might be able to guess where she's going to go this evening. <laughs> yep. So we're going to start our, our, our program like we usually do, and that's by welcoming all of our listeners and also telling you a little bit about our weekend review. And I think I'm going to start um this week this is a special weekend it's a difficult weekend for some it's a great weekend mm-hmm. for others um because right. this is father's day weekend and mm-hmm. um we're we're just glad to have a program so that we can just say you know thank you to those men out there who are fathers who are setting an example Uh, for young men and young women about the goodness of God. And we just, uh, we're lifting you up tonight. We're lifting you up in prayer. We're lifting you up so that you can continue to do and to be all that God has called you to be. Um, I'm a daddy's girl, so I miss my dad, but I am so grateful uh, for all that he instilled in me. And uh, for times of laughter and and times when he was just so supportive. Uh, I know that as a man of God, he would delight uh, in this Mm -hmm. program. Uh, So I I have good thoughts and good memories, and I'm glad about it, and I'm going to share 
<clears throat> share a little verse of victory uh, at the end of the program. So hang in there, stay tuned, stick with us, um, because I think it's going to be something that you will enjoy. Um, my week has been filled with writing and filled with calendaring and filled with schedules and filled with where can I go and sit somewhere and be still and not talk to anybody. Uh, so that's going to be coming up. <laughs> you figured it out? A you figured out where off. you're going? Shut it all down. <laughs> okay. You got it all figured out? I, I got it. I got it. I got a couple, all right. of, okay. couple of okay. things to tweak, but uh, I'm, I'm on a pretty good path. So I'm, I'm oh, really good. glad about that, <laughs> really happy about that. And I'm just glad that we have our listeners that come on with us, some that follow us faithfully every week, and yeah. we are just so happy for you that you are with us. We welcome you again to the program tonight. And that's about all that I want to share right now. And uh, Ruth, what kind of week did you have? Oh, I had a great week. Um I did my first travel for the job, and I got a taste of being on the road, and mm-hmm. um, I ate out. You know, you, you, there are some concessions you have to make because obviously, you know, you can't, you know, you, you don't go to the gym or you don't eat, you know, the same healthy foods, but it, it, was, mm-hmm. it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed the company. Um, I had fun. So... That, you know, part of my job is going to be traveling in the future, so Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, it's a change of pace, especially after being home for, what, a year? Yeah, yeah, over a year. So it's been a good change. But, yeah, it's it's been a good week. Did you fly? Okay. okay, No, we drove drove to uh, Charlotte. Um, spend a few days okay. out there and came back. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it was more of, more of a road trip, but I got my first taste of real Jamaican food. Um, oh. You know, I, I've eaten island before. I've eaten, you know, people's idea of Jamaican food. Um, <laughs> but, no, this was, this was, like, authentic, and I was like, yeah. man, I got to find an authentic Jamaican restaurant in the triangle. So anybody got any suggestions, I'm open to it because it's just, that, that food was too good. It was too oh, Was wow. it spicy? Not to do that was again. Was it real spicy? Um, not the food that, um, actually, um, it had a little kick to it, but that because that was because they toned it down for us. So we actually mm-hmm. went to a co-worker's house okay. and her mom is like, you know, from the island. So it was, um, she offered to cook for us, and that was just the most. I I tried to represent, you know, if nothing else, my mom. <laughs> you know, your mom who tells you to act right, but I was like, you know what? Yeah. She offered seconds. I'm gonna take seconds. So. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I ate. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I love ethnic food, and that was just that that just confirmed it. So I need to go find me some more Jamaican food. <laughs> but that was my week. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Victoria, how about you, Victoria? What's up for you? <laughs> well, Sam, welcome everybody, and glad you are here again. And happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, I'm missing my dad a little bit. So I was, I was a little sad, and um, I been sad the last week, and I'm wondering why. But then now I realize 
because it was leading up to Father's Day and you're hearing all these things about mm-hmm. Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not taking away from my husband and my brothers and all the men in my life. You know, I salute you, but I, I miss my dad. I was I was a girl, a daddy's girl too, and so um, I'm dismissing him. And um, you know, he's been gone like ten ten years now. So it's it's you know it's it's amazing that all the things you remember you know, as you think about it. But I, you know, have good memories and have not, some not so good, but he was still my daddy and I miss him. Um, I did mm. get a chance to go to the beach um, since the last time we talked, and um, it was just amazing just to be able to get away mm-hmm. for the weekend and just leave whatever burdens, problems, issues behind and just take a pause. So I, um, mm-hmm. commit, uh, you know, recommend everybody Get a ch- if you get a chance, do it. You know, just take take that time, <laughs> and that's that's part of the self care. It was so nice. It was so beautiful. Oh, just being able to see something a little bigger than yourself. So that was that was my mm-hmm. week. Yeah, it was my mm-hmm. week. Well, right. Right. enough of us. We have kept our uh, author waiting long enough. We have with us um, Otis Maven, and he's here to talk about his book, Omari's Gift. So I'm going to read his um, bio, and then we're going to welcome Otis. Otis Maven has served students in public education for over 10 years. It has always been his passion to seek ways to capture his students' heart and attention. Being the creative that he is, once while teaching a writing lesson, Otis drafted a short story of his childhood to share with his students. This story captivated the classroom so much that a student responded and said, you should make books. That was a good story. (laughs) Driven to inspire passion for reading, Otis Maven seeks to write out stories that every kid can relate to and share in the character's experience. So before Ruth comes on, let's welcome Otis Maven. And you guys know what to do. Let's send up some hearts and, and welcome Otis. Woo-hoo. Hi everybody! Happy Father's Day! I hope everybody had a wonderful week. <laughs> thank you all for the opportunity. Of we course, we we thank you for yeah, thank you for joining us. It, it, it was a pleasure reading your book, and it is a pleasure having you on. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> okay. So we, we're going to talk about your book. We're also going to – I'm going to ask you a little bit more about yourself because that was very professional bio. But I think we need to talk about your book first because I think it's autobiographical. And I could be wrong, but I think I saw a little <laughs> bit of Otis in there. So um, why, don't you tell us, why don't you tell us about your book, Omari's Gift? Well, you're absolutely correct. Um, the book, is, this particular um, story is more of an auto, uh, autobiography. Um, it is based upon an experience that I went through as a, as a small child. Um, I, much like Amari, I was very talkative, very creative, and my older brother was always into athletics. And so what happened, mm-hmm. I was known as a, initially as a kid um, as Shakir's little brother. My brother's real name is Shakir, not Malik. And um, so I was known as Shakir's little brother, and I could not stand that. 
And so I remember <laughs> it drove me to, to dig into arts and be creative because my brother didn't do any of those things. And so that kind of started me on that pathway. And I used to talk all the time, and I was always writing and always drawing and always singing and kind of making noise. And I remember my family was always trying to get me to play the quiet game and be quiet. And so I made so much noise that nobody really saw the fact that I really actually could sing until I led a song in church. And everybody was like, oh, wow, he really could sing, just because I just made so much noise. So it was really funny when the book came out. My mom, my grandmother, everybody, we were all laughing because it was like, no, you really did talk so much that we just kind of overlooked your your true talents, your gifts. We overlooked all of because it was like, oh, my God, oh, just be quiet. So I was just that extroverted child that just talked all the time. <laughs> and I'm from oh, Eastern North Carolina, small town. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> that and I'll tell you what, that really came out in the book. It was just Omari was just precious, and yeah, you could you know, you could relate to because I think we all know a child like that, and it was mm-hmm. just okay. Yeah, he's talking. He's still talking. He's still talking to anybody. So <laughs> it, it, it it was great. Yeah, you know, if you ever taught elementary school, you, there's always a child that I, I reached all of that, that. There's always a child that is just constantly talking that I have to reflect and like, okay, that was you as a kid. Now I understand what my mom mm-hmm. and my grandmother and my aunt felt like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was actually going to ask you, now in the book, you know, you have a different family dynamic, um, you know, the – Omari was surrounded by his grandmother and his aunt and his brother. Um, but what I really liked about it was that it was there, there was no backstory given. So it kind of mm-hmm. just was, but mm-hmm. it was done really well. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, you notice it and you move on. So, you know, obviously that was intentional. Yes, yes. That was intentional. Um one, because I, I taught in urban schools, and a lot of the students that I taught, we all kind of shared that similar experience. There were many kids. There were mm-hmm. some kids that had their mom and their dad in the house, but there was a majority mm-hmm. of kids that were either raised by their, being raised by their grandmother, it was raised, being raised by an aunt or another family member. Mm-hmm. And so I remember oftentimes in my classroom, I would talk about how families look different um, because my family looked different. Um, I did yeah. for a period of time live with my mom. Um, she was kind of in and out of my life because of, you know, uh, different situations that were going on. But primarily I was raised mm-hmm. by my grandmother and my aunt. And so for mm-hmm. me that was my normal. You know, it was, okay, my grandma my aunt, they were both mom, dad, uncle, whatever they needed to be, that's what they were. And so I do remember as a child just kind of looking at different families, dynamics, and seeing the mom and the dad in the house. And that almost, for me, being strange because I didn't know what that felt like. And so in mm-hmm. um, me doing that in my story, that was, again, another way of me connecting with kids that I've taught throughout the past and um, mm-hmm. us being able to connect in that way that everybody didn't have their mom in the house and everybody didn't have their dad. Although they might have known who they were, they might not have been present in the house with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, like I said, I think the way you did it, I mean, Omari was, you could tell he was loved, he was, Mm-hmm. taken care of they were his world and I, I just that was the one thing that I really walked away with was just you know even this you know it, it might not have been a you know the traditional family but it was his family and that was just mm-hmm. it, like I said it was beautiful so 
Now, now your book wasn't written for me. I didn't think it was made for young readers, but perhaps more so that the kids would be read to. Or Mm -hmm. what what age group were you going for? I was shooting for um, second to third, or second on up to fifth, around that range. Um, That the I patterned the book similar to um, I don't know if you all are familiar with Amazing Grace and Balanced Grace by uh, Mary Kaufman. I think um, is her name. I, I really like how the style of her book, um, and so I kind of patterned my book similar to that. So it's an appropriate for probably about like a, a third grader on up. Um, but of course, mm-hmm. you have somebody reading it to you. You know, a, a kindergarten or a second grade or first grade can relate to it as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. But I, I think you did an absolutely wonderful job with that book. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to turn you over to Andrea, and I know she's got some great questions for you, too. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I echo uh, what um, what Ruth was saying. We were talking about the book before you came on the line, Otis, and one of the things that has been, uh, we find that with the authors that we've interviewed that, that have children's books, one of the challenges Uh, has been the illustration. And Mm -hmm. the three of us were talking about how amazing the illustration Mm -hmm. is in your book. I mean, it draws you in, it pulls you in, it complements the story. It is, I tell you, we we were just in awe of how uh, look, look, Victoria is trying to frame some of the pictures in the book. I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, oh, my God. That's, that's not something we'll share with everybody. But we did want wow. to let you know. Dude, that yeah. is exactly I mean, the effect I wanted. That is exactly what I wanted to happen. That, that is, is what I wanted. How did you oh, find the illustrator? So this this, 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 this is going to be a Short story, long story at the same time. So um, it's, funny that, it's funny that you all said that because I wanted the images. I, I remember when I initially spoke to the illustrator, I said, I need the pictures to be, just be impactful. I need it to be one of those things that it pulls, pulls them in. Because I can actually draw. Um, I just can't draw mm-hmm. like that. So, but I, I'm very, I can draw, and but I can't draw to that extent. So I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly what, how I wanted to feel. And so initially, I actually wrote this story five, about five, six years ago, and it just sat in my Google Drive that long. And wow. I, re- I initially reached out to an author. I think I used, um, it's called Fiverr. Um, I found somebody. Um, I, I gave him my vision for what I wanted. They did an initial sketch drawing. It was terrible. Oh, my God, it was so bad. <laughs> and I want those people, if, if something doesn't go right, I'll just put it down. So I put that, that's what reason why the book didn't come out for so long. I just put it down because I got tired of searching for illustrating and just said, I'm done with it. And so last year, I kind of got the inspiration. God was like, all right, you need to really push this out. So uh, Crystal Griffin um, told me about um, Upwork. So I found Upwork, went on Upwork. Um, I posted the bid in. A couple of illustrators, you know, um, they, they put their bid in. They did initial sketches. I was like, no. And I finally found somebody, uh, I found the illustrator that I used, he sent me a sketch. I, I, I fell in love with his style of drawing, and then, I, you know, of course, I sent him pictures. 
sent him a whole outline. I know he was probably like, I've never seen somebody like this. It was I outlined every <laughs> single picture to the T, like what color the, the church carpet had to be, what color the wall wanted to be. And so when he would send me the, the sketches, of course, because I can draw, I was like, uh-uh, I don't like the eye shape, fix that. I don't like the nose. Like, I, I mean, I was very, very – but it actually took a whole year to get the illustrations together because, I mean, I remember, the, in fact, the church scene where he's singing and the crowd, and you see people kind of crying or whatever. I, I forgot what page that is exactly. He spent probably three months alone doing that, doing that one drawing over and over and over again because I was like, uh-uh, that's not what I see in my head. I want something else. So, <laughs> that's, I'm, so I'm glad that that's the impact that you, you everyone is having because everybody's telling me that the illustrations are wonderful because I really, really, really spent a lot of time like scrutinizing almost to the point I, I could feel that the illustrator was getting a little irritated with me at one point. He's like, okay, well, we got to <laughs> settle on something. I was like, uh-uh, that ain't what I see in my head. That is not the vision I see. So until you get it, <laughs> draw it again. So. <laughs> oh. So I think being well. able to draw helped me able to really shape. So it wasn't him leading me. I was more so leading the illustrator to do what I saw. So I was able to kind of really shape that because I knew exactly how I wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. And that, that, is, that is amazing. And, and I am so glad that the illustrator hung in there with you and appreciated the fact and I know I know he had to on some level be, appreciate the fact that you knew what you wanted and that you mm-hmm. were able to guide him to his best work because I'm telling you the mm-hmm. artwork is absolutely amazing it is amazing and and oh. um I I'm I'm it's just vibrant I don't even know how to describe it but mm-hmm. it complements the story uh, in a way that doesn't often happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I just think that that was that was one of the just huge points uh, that drew us in, that kept us there, that pulled us in, that made us want to turn that next page. And in terms of sharing it with young people, how can you not get this story across with the, those great illustrations, even though they can't read? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. kids that can't read. Boy, you mm-hmm. show them that picture and read them the story. Winner, winner, better than ice cream, man. This is, I mean, it's just really, <laughs> you can oh tell my God, I just enjoyed it. <laughs> yep, that's the now, I, I, I want like, go ahead. No, I was saying that was the teacher in me. Um, I know how important picture walks are. So, I, so even mm-hmm. as I'm creating this book, I was thinking of different things in the end that I wanted to do with the book and how I wanted people to be able to interact with it. So I was like, again, I was very intentional with everything. Very intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think I'm not I'm not sure what the mark was, but I think you hit the mark. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Absolutely. For sure. Now, I wanted to ask you something else really quickly. You said that writing this book is the fulfillment of a dream of a little boy in Pollocksville, North Carolina, saw Mm -hmm. while making comic books and stories for his grandmother. What, What was the dream, actually? Was the dream to finish this story? Was the dream to write children's books? Was the What exactly was the dream? that you had? So my dream, um, 
again, as a child, I was I was just that typical. If you can imagine a kid off of Sesame Street or something like that, that was me. I was just very optimistic, very hopeful. And although I grew up in an environment where we were impoverished, um, we didn't have a lot of money, um, we didn't have, you know, didn't have a lot of resources. One thing that my grandmother and my aunt always instilled into me, even as a small child, um, it was that you can do anything you set your mind to. So from a young age, it was always, you're going to college, you're going to do this, you're going to be great. They always spoke those different things into me. So it was just kind of natural just to, to, to walk into the fulfillment of those words that they spoke over my life. And as a small child, I remember um, two things. Number one, since the age of six, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. That was hands down. I, knew I, wanted to, I just woke up one day and knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I also wanted to actually be a cartoonist. I wanted to... At a small age, I got fascinated with cartoons, and I wanted to be a cartoonist. I wanted to make my own cartoons, um, and I wanted to I wanted to do that. And I was thinking in my head, I said, "Well, cartoonists probably don't make a lot of money." So I kind of put that to the backbone of my mind. I don't know why I was thinking about that at the age of six, but that was always like a passion to um, do illustrations, to share stories. Because again, my grandmother would be like, "Oh, there's not another one." I was always drawing, always making stories, always making like. Uh, my own little comic books, and so that was just always a passion that I had. And then as I kind of got older, I thought, well, they probably don't make a lot of money. The practical part of me <laughs> just kind of put it off to the side. Like, you get a job, so I always be able to work somewhere. So I, I saw education as the link between the two, but that passion for writing a children's book was always there. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have? Uh, I, I want to make this point too. Even though um, it was very clear that Omari could work somebody's last nerve, <laughs> it was always it was also equally clear the love and support that your family had for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were always they were always encouraging you and always trying to uh, help you to understand that you know, kind of to find your own way. And mm-hmm. and I thought that was a beautiful, just a beautiful part part of the story and the storyline. Do you have other stories in mind that you've already started working on, uh, Otis? Yes. Um, in fact, I like I said, I actually wrote that particular story five or six years ago. Um, like I said, I was, um, I, teach, I was teaching in the inner city in Raleigh, Kids don't like to write. They didn't want to write. It was like, it's boring. I don't want to write no personal narrative. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, I said, you're not, you're, your life is a fairy tale. You know, I'm trying to sell, sell this, sell this uh, concept that writing is important. So when I wrote that little short story, the kids were looking at me like, who wrote, you, you went through that? You know, you got no kids. And they was like, you don't yeah. need to write your own story. So they kind of ignited that passion again. And for me, it, like um, like you said, um, I always got that support from my family. Um, it was always clear. It was always evident. And I wanted a story where I grew up, like I said, in rural North Carolina where kind of the the roles of certain people were clearly made. Boys acted like this and boys did certain things like this and girls did certain things like that. And mm-hmm. for me, because mm-hmm. I was a creative, I was just kind of all over the place. I remember as a kid kind of feeling, I remember there was a part in the store where um, Omari asked his grandmother, he said, you know, why, why do I, 
uh, make so much noise. That I used to ask my grandmother all the time, why do I keep talking all the time? Why do y'all keep telling me shut up? Because it wasn't that I didn't want to quit. I don't talk all the time. It's just, that's just my nature. I just, you know, why am I like this? And, you know, my grandmother would just say, she said, it's the nature. That's who you are. And, you know, they really walked me through Learn, learning to love and to appreciate and to accept the fact that no, I'm not going to be like my brother. I'm not going. I'm not going to do this. You, you know, this is who you are. And so right. I wanted to definitely share a story um, because as a teacher, I see so many kids that struggle with self identity, self worth, and they mm-hmm. take on mm-hmm. they take on the persona of things that are not who they are. And I tell kids all the time, that's not who you are. You know, you know. And I try to speak to their purpose. And so I wanted this story to reflect that, that child that may not fit in and they're trying to figure out their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will, your, mm-hmm. will your next books be along the same line or do you already have a target that you um, yeah. want them to so explore? I have, um, um, again, my, that particular story was about me, but I have other um, stories that are, that were, that are either um, experiences of again, myself, or students that I've experienced that I, that I had the pleasure of teaching. So there's one story that's coming up. I would just remember this particular child. Um, he struggled with building friendships. And so I'm going to take Omari and, and illustrate that child's um, experience through Omari. Um, there's another story that's going to be centered around when Omari discovers who his dad is. And so there's, you oh. know, there's different mm. thing kids go through that I wanted um, to create a story with a character that looks like them, because I kind of struck that. That was my struggle as a teacher finding books that reflected the experiences of my students with characters that look like yeah. them. And yeah, I wanted you know, I was like, okay, some memorable kids that I had or experiences that I've had with children. I wanted to take those experiences and draft a story out of it so that they have something that they can relate to. So I have about three already written. That's kind of sitting to the side. I've got to now. Go through that whole illustration mm-hmm. process all over again. Mm-hmm. Well, as you as you complete them, we'll be looking for you back here on Office Up. <laughs> and I'll be glad to be here. <laughs> right. Victoria, what do you have to ask uh, Otis tonight? Thank you so much, yeah. Otis. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> the opportunity. Thank you all. <laughs> well. They have asked all the questions that I – they asked what I was going to ask, but so I'll just give my commentary. <laughs> um, the book, <laughs> listeners, you got to get this book. You know, we, we have a lot of authors who come on the show, um, but we, we don't have a lot of children's books. And, but the, and that's what makes this one really special for me is, like you said, um, having a book that reflects the actual experiences of the children mm-hmm. that, that you teach. And it's just, it is an amazing book. It drew me in, and I'm going to tell you this much. It, I am 56 years old, going to be 57, and I was reading this book like I was in second grade again, just turning pages. <laughs> I wanted to see what was going to happen. It's so beautiful. Oh and, and, and Otis, it touched me. It touched me because um, and when I was coming up, you know, I had some of the similar experiences that you were saying. I, we were just talking about this two weeks ago. My sister was telling, reminding my mother how I used to wake up singing, which I still do, and, and she used to say, Mommy, can you make her shut up? <laughs> so I definitely 
can identify with that. And then the scene where he's singing, oh, my goodness, that it's, it's almost the same experience that I've had. So you've just awakened, awakened that in me to remember some of my childhood. And if you could do that for me, you're going to do that for other people. So I just, oh. I just want our listeners to get the book for their children and just God bless you on this journey. Welcome, Amen. Arthur Hood. Welcome. Thank you so Amen. much. It is always <laughs> awesome to hear not just children um, say that they enjoy, but I, I've heard so many adults that have told me that, you know, this story connected with something in there. I think my mom called me crying. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of classes from since I graduated high school. They called me crying. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you so that you awesome. don't foresee the impact that it has on people. And you're like, wow, okay. Because you're exactly. it's a vulnerable place to be in. So thank you all. That's confirmation that I definitely did the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and I think that's why Authors Up is here too, because we want we want to tell our listeners and show our listeners that, that the stories that you have, you know, you never know who you're gonna impact. You never know if and I always say with my writings, if one person just says to me you know, this blessed me, and, you know, how did you know I felt like that? And, and, and you just impacted me. I feel like I've, I've done what was set out to do. And this book is just, it's just beautiful. I, I, it, like I said, it reminded me I was about five, and I had a similar experience, and, you know, my mother went over the phone with me. I had to solo for the group. But I didn't do what Omari did. When I got up there, I started crying, and I wouldn't sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you didn't do that. <laughs> this is just, it really is beautiful. We are so godly proud of you. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. This is amazing. It is amazing. So please, tell our listeners, let me stop gushing. Tell our listeners how they can get the book and how they can get in touch with you. Awesome. So um, you can order the book um, on my website. It's OtisMaven.com, O-T-I-S-M-A-B-E-C-O-M. Um, there are all the links um, through the publishing company, Amazon, Walmart. I just provided all the links in one just stop location. So you can go there, choose whichever one is best for you um, to buy the book. Also, in addition to that, because I am a teacher, um, I created also some questions, um, um, comprehension questions, level set questions that you can use. For example, if your child's in the third grade and they read on a level M, which will be equivalent to beginning of third grade, um, parents will kind of know that, that once our school communicates that to them. You can also mm-hmm. download those PDFs and it has questions and answer keys. I know sometimes when you're reading the book to your child, as a parent, you might not think of, okay, what questions should I ask? What type of questions should I ask? I've included all those different kind of resources for parents as well. Um, I think I've also provided like a parent guide that shows you how to actually read and engage with a book with your child. And, you know, I made a very parent-friendly step one, do this, step two, do this. And so those resources are there as well. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, and I was going to ask so you good. that. You, I'm so glad you said that. Amen. Go ahead, Andrea. That is so good. No, that that that's just good. That's <laughs> good. Stuff. It is. <laughs> it is. This is just gooder and gooder, doesn't it? <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my okay. goodness. Okay. What a blessing. What a blessing. I tell you, we thank you again for coming on, and again, we wish you. Much, much success with this book. And listeners, you've got to get the book. Please, 
please. So um, at this point, we're going to um, turn it over to Andrea. I think she has something to talk to us about Father's Day. Okay. All right. Usually we have a tip from from Ruth, but Ruth is graciously giving me her time tonight as we wanted to close out the program with, with kind of a, a message to, to fathers out there. And uh, it's called The Voice of the Father. And it says, in an age and an era where conversations tend to focus on all things bad, you often hear chatter about absentee fathers or talk of the deadbeat dad. If we're not careful, a negative vibe can so penetrate that which you hear, it will overshadow the good that is done by the men we have come to hold dear. These men have a presence. They know how to stand, and they've been given a voice to use when they need to speak up and speak out, not by force, but always by choice. When a man stands as priest with his head held high and his shoulders squared and pulled back, he's a father protecting what's laid to his charge, and he'll ward off any attack. The voice of the father speaks with wisdom so clear it will resonate in your life year after year. You'll hear his words push you to be who you are, to be more than a wardrobe, some bling, or a car. You will hear his words strengthen if you slip and fall, telling you, rise above it, stand with honor, stand tall. When a father's son hurts or his little girl cries, you can hear his voice comfort and say, wipe your eyes. Whatever has hurt you, you don't need to hide. You've got me, and what's more, you've got God on your side. He'll tell you lessons that cause you to grow, lessons of faith only fathers would know. And sometimes in the stillness and dark of the night, when life has gone much more wrong than right, the voice of the Father, unmistakable, clear, echoes once again right in your ear, and you hear rise above it. You're strong. You can stand. I've given you all of the wisdom I can. Now go be the man God has called you to be. Be the woman that God's filled with great destiny. Then you rest, even though you don't know what's in store, because the voice of the Father has spoken once more. To all the fathers out there, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thanks for the Father. Love it. So, Ruth, do you have any closing comments for us tonight? I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, um, even my own, um, especially my own. Um, Just, you know, we love you and we thank God for you. And that's it. And what about you, Victoria? I'm going to leave you guys with some words that my father used to tell me all the time. Uh, if I was going out, he'd say, Victoria? And i say, yes, Daddy. Now, you be good. But if you can't be good, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> 
Say yes, yes, daddy. <laughs> yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. Well, I tell you what, this has been a this has been a very special night for us and a special time for us to to share some, some a few things about our father and the importance of the fathers in our lives, and also to have uh, Otis on tonight, who definitely yes. has a mission and assignment. And, and is going to accomplish great things, great things. Amen. These stories are so. going to be like the voice of the Father for many, many young people who will be yeah. able to share it. So as we end our program tonight, guys, we're going to end it like we usually do. Send some hearts up for Otis Maven, our guest for tonight, yes. let him know how much we appreciate him. And be sure to come back and join us next week for Authors Up. We will be right back here Sunday night at 7 p.m. Until then, this is Andrea Hines with Victoria Henderson Poole and Ruth Griffin. And there's never a dull moment here at Authors Authors Up. Up.